Democrats posit that every single bad thing on planet Earth will stop if Donald Trump exits the White House, good news on COVID gets buried, and Chris Pratt finds himself on the wrong side of the thought police. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Don't let others track what you do. Keep yourself safe at expressvpn.com slash Ben. Well, we have a lot to get to today. We'll get to all of it in just one second. First, you're spending way too much money on your mobile phone bill. You just are. On your cell phone bill, you're spending tons of money, and there is no reason for that. If your cellular plan is with Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, you're just paying way too much for the exact same coverage you would be getting right now with PureTalk. Take a look at that cell phone bill where it shows data usage. The average person who switches to PureTalk is using less than four gigs of data a month, but the big carriers are charging you for unlimited data. It's like paying for an entire row on an airplane, but you only need one seat. Why would you do such a thing? That's how Pure Talk saves the average person over 400 bucks every year on their wireless service. Unlimited talk, text, and two gigs of data, all for just 20 bucks a month. What happens if you go over on data usage? Well, nothing. They don't charge you for it. Folks, switching to Pure Talk is the easiest decision you will make today. Grab your mobile phone, dial pound 250, and say Ben Shapiro. When you do, you save 50% off your first month. Dial pound 250, say keyword Ben Shapiro. Pure Talk is going to save you a lot of money, and there's no reason for you to be spending that money with the other big cell phone providers. Instead, go check them out right now. Dial pound 250, say keyword Ben Shapiro. Dial pound 250, say keyword Ben Shapiro to get started. Pure Talk, simply smarter wireless. Okay, well, over the course of yesterday, it occurred to me as I was watching the news flash before my eyes that we have entered the converse of what we had during the Obama years. So during the Obama years, many in the media, many on the Democratic side of the aisle declared that, that basically Barack Obama was a godlike figure. There was worship of Barack Obama across the land. The, the entire comedic infrastructure decided that jokes could no longer be told. We were told that Barack Obama was not funny in any way, which, of course, is asinine. Barack Obama was hilarious because the man had such pretensions to being a messianic prophet, and he fell short of those pretensions. That is inherently hilarious. But you can never make fun of Barack Obama. Instead, all of the humor was directed at Barack Obama's enemies because you cannot, cannot tell jokes about God. And, and that is the way that it works on the cultish left with regard to Barack Obama. He just wasn't funny. Right? He was like our father, is what Chris Rock said. Barack Obama was this father figure to so many folks on the Democratic side of the aisle. This cult of personality was built up around Obama, not just by Democrats, but by members of the media who declared it off limits to ask him tough questions. Or if you yelled a question at him, then you were considered a racist. I mean, the man was given the Nobel Peace Prize for the great, the, the great accomplishment of being an alive human who was breathing and had the correct ethnic heritage. Right? That, that is literally why he was given the Nobel Peace Prize. So it is no wonder that there is another side to this Gnostic view of the universe in so many Democratic circles. So if Barack Obama is a sort of godlike figure, then this means that Donald Trump is the devil. Right? Donald Trump came in, he supplanted Barack Obama. He isn't a fallen angel in the mold of Lucifer. No, he is a malevolent force in the universe. Gnosticism posits that all of the universe is torn between these two forces. One is light and one is dark. And when it comes to politics, this is the same idea promulgated by our media. So Donald Trump is not just bad. Donald Trump isn't just a bore. He's not just a vulgarian. He's not just a man who says very bad things. He's not just a man who does dumb stuff or stuff that you disagree with. Donald Trump is a satanic, dark, malevolent figure, and all evil in the universe revolves around Donald Trump. And this is the image that has been built up about Trump. And you can sense it. You really can. When you talk to Democrats, the very idea that anyone would vote for Trump is akin to walking into a Catholic church and saying, I'm voting for Satan. It is, it is akin to walking into any religious institution in America and declaring that you are on the side of the devil. That, that is how people view you if you say that you are going to vote for Trump. And you can see it in how people are treating this. I mean, first of all, there are the wild 
pagans out there who actually are engaging in pagan ritual because they hate Trump so much. There was a video that was flying around the internet over the course of the past week in which anti-Trump protesters literally set an American flag on fire and then ate a bloody heart. Well, meanwhile, shouting about Indiana Jones or something, here is a little bit of that. That is a dude uh, shouting Kalima from Indiana Jones while tearing apart a bloody heart all over his face while people cheer on top of a burning American flag. Yeah, good times happening over there in Paganland. But that is just the uh, that is just the visceral, visceral part of the uh, Democratic base. I don't think that represents every Democrat by any stretch of the imagination. But the softer version of that is that when Donald Trump leaves office, everything that's bad in the universe is attributable to Trump. And when Trump leaves office, we will have purged ourselves as a country of this great evil. There are only two problems with that. One, not going to happen. Two, it means that you now see the people who live next to you, the people who are voting for Donald Trump, the people who say that they don't like Joe Biden very much or that they are uncomfortable with both candidates, but they're pulling the lever for the guy who brought about the greatest economy in 50 years. You see those people as servants of this dark, malevolent force. And you can see that in how folks are talking, again, about not only Trump, but the people who support Trump. If you want to divide the country, it's really not about the election. It's about how you see your neighbors. If you want to destroy the social fabric, it's really not about how you view the political candidate on the other side or the political party on the other side. It's how you view the people who vote for that political party or that candidate. And we've been treated to four long years of people essentially saying that if you consider voting Republican when Donald Trump is president of the United States or on the ballot, this means that you are evil in and of yourself. Okay, that is not something that's going to be bridged if Joe Biden is elected. It's not like you come back together. Right? This is why Robert Reich, the former Treasury Secretary under Bill Clinton, suggested we need a Truth and Reconciliation Commission in which anyone in any position of prominence who supported Trump in any way is called out and thrown from the public discourse. The, the cult of Trump hatred has grown extraordinarily strong. So there's, there are gradations here, right? The, first, you get the crazy people who are ripping apart, I assume, pig hearts on public streets. Then you get Keith Olbermann, who's only slightly less crazy. Keith Olbermann, very serious commentator. You can tell he's serious because he went to Cornell Agricultural School. And let me tell you that Donald Trump is the worst, the most malevolent, the most evil, the cruelest, the most disgusting human being who has ever or will ever walk the earth. Keith Olbermann, go. I'm tired of the thought that we're now going to repeat the months of March and April in this country, a country that should have learned something but which in large part has been authorized to wallow and die in its own stupidity because of one man, one dumb bastard, one selfish son of a one real-life major French attacking the only hope we have, the science, and insisting science is wrong and Fauci is an idiot and only I can save you, and insisting you can do whatever you want and the disease affects almost nobody. Donald Trump should be on trial for 220,000 murders Death penalty for each count. Death penalty. So you're going to, I assume, according to Keith Oldman, you're going to juice the man. You're going to you're going to electrocute Donald Trump. Then you're going to revive him. Then you will electrocute him. And you'll do this like 220,000 times, which is really exciting stuff from Keith Oldman. Okay, well, I understand. Those of you who are moderate left, you know, people who are voting for Biden and don't necessarily think like Keith Oldman, you're saying to yourself right now, Shapiro's doing nut picking, right? Nut picking is this process that people do online or in politics where you find the most outlandish versions of what your opponent is saying, and then you highlight those. But let me explain. There is not all that much difference in the, in the theme here between the stuff that 
crazy pig heart guy and Keith Olbermann are saying and mainstream Democrats are saying. Elizabeth Warren came out over the last 48 hours and suggested that if Donald Trump is reelected, all life on earth will be endangered. Not just human life, not just like during his term, all life on the planet, plant life, animal life, that badger you love so much, all of them will be endangered by Donald Trump's presence in the Oval Office. This is something Elizabeth Warren, right, the intellectual of the left. Remember, she's the lady with the plan. She's the lady with the sweaters and the plan. She is the person saying that literally all life, he's like an asteroid, Donald Trump. He's going to come at the earth and the dinosaurs are dying. Here is Elizabeth Warren declaring exactly the same thing as Pig Heart Guy. He not only hasn't made things better, he has actively made them worse. He withdrew us from the, the Paris Climate Accord. He's put a coal lobbyist in charge of the Environmental Protection Agency. What could possibly go wrong? He has opened up for offshore drilling, and he has said yes to the oil companies. They can drill in the Arctic National Wildlife Preserve. Donald Trump threatens the existence of human life, of all life on this planet. All life on this planet is threatened by Donald Trump. Unless you think it's just the crazy senator from Massachusetts, it's Barack Obama. I mean, Barack Obama tweeted out in the middle of the California wildfires that your life literally depends on Donald Trump not being in office. He tweeted out pictures of the wildfires and, and the, the bad air quality in San Francisco, which, by the way, again, last I checked, California is a democratic state and it's wildfire management that is largely responsible for the wildfires in California. We talked about this at length. Global warming may be responsible for a slight uptick in wildfires over the course of the century. But it is not responsible for the kind of wildfires we saw in California this year. That is solely due to forest management. But Barack Obama tweeted out, quote, the fires across the West Coast are just the latest examples of the very real ways our changing climate is changing our communities. Protecting our planet is on the ballot. And then he concluded, vote like your life depends on it because it does. Your life depends on how you vote, right? You will die. You will be condemned and consigned to hell on earth if Donald Trump is elected president. Michelle Obama said the exact same thing. And she gave a speech where she said, that you have to vote like your life depends on it because it does. Your life literally depends on Donald Trump not being president of the United States, which is patently crazy. I'm sorry, that's nuts. There was no point at which I believed that if Barack Obama was reelected in 2012, life on planet Earth was in existential danger or I was going to die or family members were going to die because Barack Obama was president of the United States. You have to believe that politics is religion and religion has set up this Gnostic binary between absolute good and absolute evil. That is the only way you can come to this conclusion. This is a cult-like behavior. There's Barack Obama promoting the cult of anti-Trump. Or Michelle. Think about what would possibly compel you to accept this level of chaos, violence, and confusion under this president and be willing to watch our country continue to spiral out of control because we can no longer pretend that we don't know exactly who and what this president stands for. Search your hearts and then vote for Joe Biden like your lives depend on it. Vote for Joe Biden like your lives depend on it. Your life depends on it. Okay, and again, that entire commercial, if you could see the imagery, it's all white supremacists marching and it's, it's Proud Boys firing tear gas at people. And that it, again, it is absolute good versus absolute evil. That is the binary that is being drawn. This is not a political difference anymore. It is a moral difference, right? This is the binary that Democrats are hoping to draw. And it is cult-like. And not only is it cult-like, 
people who are leading the charge here know that it's cult-like. Because here's the deal about being in a cult. As you know from every cult documentary you've ever seen, the people in charge of the priesthood of the cult, they're always the ones who benefit. If you are the person who declares that you are the vessel of all good and your opponents are the vessel of all evil and the only way that your, that your constituents can be purged of that evil is to embrace the light, well, cult leaders usually take advantage of that. Right? They, they bilk people of their money. They, they create you know, bizarre sexual rituals. Cult leaders get away with nearly anything. And it's, uh, they know what they're doing. Right? If you lead a cult, you know what you are doing. Okay, Paul Begala sort of let the cat out of the bag today. Paul Begala, the, the Democratic commentator, you know, he pointed out that for Democrats, basically their reaction to this election is just primal panic. They're stuck somewhere between excitement and absolute primal panic because, again, they believe that they are right on the verge of the country falling into complete disrepair and America falling into mass chaos and death. They believe they're on the verge of that. And he says, and that's exactly where Democrats want them. Democrats want them there because it gets them excited about voting for the Democrats, right? They channel all of that toward their own political gain, right? That is the goal here. When you set up absolute binaries, the person in charge of the binary is the person who is usually set up to gain. And that is exactly what Democrats know. It is what Democrats are doing. Here's Paul Begala. In fact, I talk to Democrats all the time. The most common thing that Democrats say is, they're scared to death and they're highly motivated and I want them to be that way. I'm sorry to scream in your ear, Aaron, but the, that's, that's what they say. Seriously, you call them, that's what they say, a primal scream at the prospect that somehow Trump might get a second term. So they're highly motivated. In a second, we'll get to the predictable results of all of this. Again, the complete polarization of the American public. Democrats like to suggest that this is all Trump's fault. Trump is a reactionary, no question, but he is reacting to a thing and the thing pre-existed Trump. We'll get to that in just one second. First, let's talk about the fact that not too long ago, if you wanted straighter teeth, you had to have braces. You had to look like you were 13 years old and you were back in middle school. Well, not anymore. You are a grown adult. And as a grown adult, you'd like to straighten out those teeth, but you don't actually want your mouth filled with metal. Instead, what you would love are candid, clear aligners. They are comfortable, removable, practically invisible, unlike wire braces. You can transform your smile without anyone noticing. Plus, your treatment is prescribed and monitored remotely by a licensed orthodontist who's an expert in tooth movement. It's all done from the comfort and convenience of your own home. Candid only works with orthodontists, never general dentists like other companies. Plus, your supervising orthodontist will be with you every single step of the way. With Candid, your treatment includes remote monitoring by the same orthodontist who created your plan. So you never have to wonder how you're doing. You'll always know, which I love. Okay, the average Candid treatment is just six months. You'll start seeing results way before then. It costs thousands less than braces. Start straightening your teeth today. Right now, all my listeners can save 75 bucks on Candid's starter kit. All you have to do is go to CandidCO.com slash Shapiro and use code Shapiro. That's CandidCO.com slash Shapiro. Use code Shapiro. Take advantage of this limited time offer to save 75 bucks on your starter kit. CandidCO.com slash Shapiro. Use code Shapiro. Okay, so again, this binary is being drawn by people who are set to gain from the binary. The absolute division between good and evil, the non-nuanced version of politics, and the castigation of all your political opponents as servants of Satan. This serves a purpose which is why the Lincoln Project, Stuart Stevens, Rick Wilson, Steve Schmidt, and Reed Galen, who have picked up 50 million bucks from the gullible cult members of the Democratic Party. They, they put 12 million of that toward operating expenses. These guys are buying private jets off the cult. They have a piece in the Washington Post, of course. Of course, the Washington Post gives them the, the space. Called Republicans, it's time to choose between autocracy and a republic. Weird, because the Democrats right now are threatening to pack the court, overthrow the filibuster, add states willy-nilly, and strengthen the executive branch that the legislature becomes a vestigial organ of American government. 
But apparently Trump is the authoritarian. The Lincoln Project suggests that this is an absolute moral battle, an absolute moral battle. And if you come in on the wrong side, then we know that you are damned to hell. They, I mean, listen to this. They say, none of us can choose history. History chooses us. If you ever wondered what side of the Edmund Pettus Bridge you would have stood on, this is your chance to choose. Don't you see? Donald Trump is Bull Connor. The Republicans, people like Susan Collins in Maine and Joni Ernst in Iowa. These are all Bull Connors. All you have to do is vote Democrat and you will have exercised the demons of the United States. Now, weirdly enough, Americans bought into this garbage in 2008 when great light bringer Obama came about. And it turns out none of the demons were exercised. It turns out that when you lead a cult, when you have substituted politics for religion, then you can never allow the grift to end. At that point, you can't just say, oh, well, you know, the light has been brought. Guess we're done here. It has to be, no, 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 no. The devil still lurks in, in, in cosseted corners. The devil still lurks just in the shadows. And so if you give me more power, if you give me more money, if you give me more ability to control your life, then we'll certainly hunt out the devil. We're always just this far away from hunting out the devil. But the Lincoln Project grifters, they're treating this as not just a political battle that is important and has ramifications for the future of the country, but as an absolute moral conflict. They say those who went before faced dogs and fire hoses, and yet they did not flinch. In war and peace, Americans have displayed unparalleled courage in the face of evil and injustice. It doesn't take courage to stand up to Trump. It takes courage to stand up for your country. This is the legacy we inherited and are called to defend. This is the choice, America or Trump. Now is the time to stand with the country you love. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry, that's insane. That's crazy. And, and the natural corollary of this is that people who disagree with you are not human beings. They're not Americans. People who disagree with you are absolute members of evil. They are, they are brown shirts, and brown shirts deserve to be punched. And naturally, you see this corollary. So some of the Lincoln Project grifters decided they were not happy with the video that I cut a few days ago explaining why I'm voting for Trump. I explained it in great, great detail without whitewashing, I think, any of Trump's personality issues. I was heavily critical of the president in that video where I endorsed him in 2020. And Matthew Dowd, who I believe is a member of the Lincoln Project, tweeted out, Ben Shapiro isn't a conservative, which... Uh, <laughs> Joe Lockhart at CNN then promptly tweeted out, he's not human. He's not human. Okay, and we all know this. Okay, if you have ever thought about not going along with the woke crowd, if you ever thought about being friends with the Republican, if you have ever thought about voting for Donald Trump, this is how members of the left, and I'm talking many mainstream members of the political left consider you. You are not human. I was human up until the moment, apparently, when I said that Trump deserves your vote over Joe Biden and a Democratic Party that's lost its mind. The minute I said that, not human anymore. It was all strange new respect in 2016 when I said a pox on both your houses. In 2020, I said, well, you know what? Now I'm forced to the binary choice and, uh, and people lo lose their mind. You're not human. You're not human. And this is why you see Trump supporters getting punched. It's why you see that if you post anything pro-Trump on your Facebook page, your employer may come after you. It's exacerbating the political division. You want to know how you got Trump in the first place? This is how you got Trump in the first place. And whatever happens in the election, it's not going to end. It is not as though Democrats are going to recede into a unity campaign. That is a lie. It is not that the left is going to stop marching as soon as Donald Trump is out of office. Again, the cult can never stop hunting the devil. That is not the way this works. Donald Trump can be put out of office. And it's not like everything goes back to normal tomorrow. It's just that Donald Trump is no longer the face of the, of the satanic force that Democrats and members of the left believe exists out there. They'll find a new face. In 2012, they somehow pasted that face on Mitt Romney. In 2024, I assume they'll paste that face on somebody else. And in between, they will simply declare that anybody who disagrees with them 
is a member of that of that deathly squad of Trump supporters. And you can see mainstream Democrats have picked up on this. To even treat a Republican as a normal human being is now worthy of condemnation. Perfect example today. Chuck Schumer, the Senate minority leader, he came out and he condemned Dianne Feinstein. Dianne Feinstein is one of the leftmost members of the United States Senate. She was my senator in California for my entire life, essentially. I think she was elected in 1994. Okay, very hard left senator. But in the aftermath of the Amy Coney Barrett hearings, she said that the hearings were civil and nice. And then she hugged Lindsey Graham. This was a sin against the cult. And Chuck Schumer, member of the high cast of the priesthood of the anti-Trump cult, he says that Dianne Feinstein must be mansplained to. Some progressive groups have spoken out criticizing Senator Feinstein for her handling of the hearings. I was wondering what you make of this criticism and do you plan to make any changes to the Judiciary Committee? Okay, I've had a long and serious talk with Senator Feinstein. That's all I'm going to say about it right now. Okay, so um, he talked to her. He talked to her because she had the temerity to hug a Republican and treat a Republican as a human being. This is not allowed. We cannot allow this this sort of activity. We just we just cannot. Now, the cult-like behavior is most focused when it comes to treatment of COVID because COVID is a perfect way for Democrats to pretend that these vast global forces have a certain morality to them. There's a paganistic aspect to the left's treatment of COVID. Now, if you look at COVID with any sort of objective eye, what you'll notice is that COVID has devastated countries around the globe, regardless of political orientation. It devastated New York. It devastated New Jersey. It devastated Massachusetts. You'll note that Washington, D.C. got slammed. You'll also note that there has been a heavy caseload in Europe. All across Europe, heavy caseloads. France, heavy caseload. UK, heavy caseload. Both of them have a higher death per million rate than the United States. Heavy caseload in Italy. Right There's tons right now. The EU is outpacing the United States in terms of identified COVID-19 cases. But in the same way that so many Democrats talk about global warming as a sort of as a sort of natural force that has descended upon America, thanks to Donald Trump. Right. We're all going to die if Donald Trump isn't president, uh, unless Donald Trump is, is thrust from the presidency. In the same way, COVID is a moral virus, according to many members of the left. And we were treated to this particular notion in the in the very beginning of this thing when people were not only angry at Trump, but they also decided that COVID did not matter so long as you were protesting for racial justice. At this point, it became perfectly clear that cult-like behavior was not relegated to non-COVID matters. COVID was now seen in the same way that the Black Plague was seen back when it hit Europe. The, the, the priesthood of the time suggested that this was sort of God's revenge for sinful mankind. Well, this is exactly how many members of the left view COVID. COVID is either directly facilitated by Trump, Trump is the COVID president, or COVID has hit us because we sort of deserve it and it's Trump's failures that have caused all of this. Never mind the fact that it's devastated countries all over the world that nobody has a great handle on it. Unless you had initial low caseload, everybody gets hit by this thing because it's extraordinarily transmissible. The way that Democrats portray COVID is that every single death from COVID is attributable to Donald Trump because Donald Trump is the malevolent force. The virus, of course, is uh, wonderfully woke. If you were out protesting about George Floyd and you weren't wearing a mask and you were twerking in the streets for George Floyd or you were burning down a business for George Floyd and you weren't wearing a mask and you were and you were giving COVID to other people. And by the way, you want to see the media coverage, uh, biased media coverage. Look at how they they covered the George Floyd protests as compared to Memorial Day. They happened around the same time. A spike happened in COVID cases approximately two weeks later. And the case the media made was it was all Memorial Day and none of the millions wide protests. This moral virus came to America because of Donald Trump. So the, the chief focus of their attack is this quasi-religious appeal that if Donald Trump were to go away, then the plague would recede, right? If Donald Trump would go away, the Black Plague would suddenly recede, all the buboes would be popped, and everything would be fine. It, this is not implicit. This is explicit. Democrats have been arguing this thing explicitly 
They ignore all good news to do so. They ignore what the Trump administration is doing. They downplay what the Trump administration is doing in order to come to this conclusion. This is the argument, nonetheless. We'll get to that in just one second. First, we are just weeks away from Election Day. Early in-person voting has already started in a huge number of battleground states, Arizona, Michigan, Georgia, Ohio, Florida. You're turning out in record-setting numbers. And there are many more states where early in-person voting has begun or is about to begin. Well, this is why you need to get organized. The Democrats are not going to leave anybody on the bench this time. The liberals are going to get out their voters. You need to get out your friends to vote right now. If you haven't visited keepamericaamerica.com, I'm urging you to visit it right now. The voting information and free resources they provide are trusted and up to date. While you're there, you can even sign up and be kept up to date via email. The 2016 election was decided by thousands of votes, not millions of votes. The nearly 400,000 of you across the country who have gone to keepamericaamerica.com, that needs to grow to a million before the election. Let's make this the biggest get-out-the-vote effort in conservative history, one the left-wing media cannot ignore. There are simple but vitally important things that you can do right now. Vote, visit keepamericaamerica.com, and commit to take just one other person to the polls, just one, or help somebody complete a mail-in ballot. Do a little bit, do a lot, but do your part. Go to keepamericaamerica.com right now. Again, that is keepamericaamerica.com right now. Okay, so again, the narrative from the media, this pagan narrative that Donald Trump is responsible for every ill on planet Earth, COVID is his fault, not China. Right? If you said Chinese virus, you were racist. But if you called it the Trump virus, this was just good politics and obviously true. Joe Biden literally said just a few weeks ago that if Donald Trump had done his job, every single human being who died of COVID in the United States would still be alive. That's an insane statement. It's an, it was trotted forth at the DNC, by the way. Right? They literally put out a video of a woman from Arizona who said that because her father voted for Donald Trump and believed Donald Trump, he was dead from COVID. That's nuts. The vast majority of people in the United States who have died from COVID, I would bet you money, did not die having voted for Donald Trump because blue states have been hit harder in terms of death than red states have. Okay, turns out the virus doesn't care about your politics. But Democrats, members of the media, they certainly care about your politics. And so they're going to use the brickbat of COVID to suggest that this nefarious dark force, this miasmatic evil that is Donald Trump, he goes away, everything will get better. Here is Joe Biden suggesting that every death in America attributable to COVID is actually attributable to Trump. If the president had done his job, had done his job from the beginning, all the people would still be alive. All the people, I'm not making this up, just look at the data. Look at the data. Okay, every single one of them, look at the data, and then they, and then they appeal to science. Right, so their twin gods are, are the Democratic Party and science, right? Joe Biden and science, except for the fact that, of course, they don't believe in science too much. Right? Boys can be girls and girls can be boys. And babies inside the womb are clusters of mere cells. And we can alleviate global warming by building like high-speed rail or some such nonsense. Okay, that, that, that sort of stuff is just, that, that's an obvious religious appeal, is it not? Right? Vote for me and I will bring those 200,000 people back to life. Or at least I will stop all further death. Gretchen Whitmer made the same point, the governor of Michigan. Right? She suggested that the, reason, the only reason you are wearing masks right now is because Donald Trump is president. If it were not for Trump, nobody would be wearing a mask. Weird, because I'm looking all over Europe and everybody is wearing a mask and they are going back into lockdown. In fact, countries like Sweden that heretofore had been kind of light on the lockdowns, they're using targeted lockdowns now. Seems as though nobody's in control of this thing. But according to Gretchen Whitmer, if you had just cast out the evil force that is Donald Trump, no one would be wearing a mask. We'd all be back at ballgames. Here is Gretchen Whitmer saying an absolutely untrue thing. 220,000 
dead. We've got people in food pantry lines who never would have imagined that they'd be there. And no uh, light on the horizon because our numbers keep going up. This is a gravely serious moment for all of us. And if you're tired mm -hmm. of lockdowns or you're tired of wearing masks or you wish you were in church this morning or watching college football or your kids were in person instruction, it is time for change in this country. And that's why we've got to elect Joe Biden. Ah, well, if you elect Joe Biden, then you won't have to wear a mask anymore. The sunlight will shine through the clouds. COVID will end. All of the people who are in hospitals and in ICUs right now, all of them will just get up and they will start walking anew. Joe Biden will lay his hands upon them. Maybe he'll get his friend Barack Obama to do it. They'll, they'll, they'll lay their messianic hands upon those who are ill and they will heal the ill and they will walk again. They will walk again. How toxic is Donald Trump in this viewpoint? He's so toxic that if Donald Trump even mentions a vaccine, the vaccine becomes untouchable. That's how evil he is. Donald Trump has even ruined vaccines. Andrew Cuomo, governor of New York, says that if a vaccine is approved before the end of the year, he still will not trust it. Okay, now this is, honestly, this is not even political. This is just cultish immorality. If a vaccine is approved before the end of the year, post-election, we're already going to know who won the presidency. In December, we're already going to know who won the presidency. At that point, even if you believe that Trump was willing to lie about a vaccine and that his scientists were also willing to lie about a vaccine in the run-up to an election, at that point, it's after the election. So there's no further incentive for there to be any untruth about a vaccine, even if you were even if you were likely to believe for some odd reason that scientists were willing to lie and kill presumably tens of thousands of human beings in order to push a false vaccine on Trump's behalf, which is a crazy proposition in the first place. Andrew Cuomo is now out there downplaying the development of vaccine that will only be out after the election happens. Okay, that is because Donald Trump is so evil that everything he touches turns to dross. Here is Andrew Cuomo, religious leader. I'm not that confident, but my opinion doesn't matter. I don't believe the American people are that confident. You're going to say to the American people now, here's a vaccine. It was new. It was done quickly. But trust this federal administration and their health administration that it's safe. Uh, and um, we're not 100 percent sure of the consequences. I think it's going to be a very skeptical American public about taking the vaccine. And they should be. They should be. They should be skeptical about taking the vaccine even after the election, even when Trump isn't going to be the lead on this thing. And then Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, said the same thing. He said he's going to set up his own board in California in order to determine if a vaccine is safe. So we're going to wait for two more months for the California's bureaucracy to work its way through the vaccine to determine if it's safe before anybody in California can take the vaccine. So we've now just extended Gavin Newsom's onerous lockdowns for months on end based on nothing except for the idea that Trump is nefarious and evil. By the way, how bad are those lockdowns? Disneyland just announced they will be shut for the foreseeable future, despite the fact that they say they know how to open. The labor unions want to open, but Gavin Newsom has continued to keep Disneyland shut. Worth noting, Disney World here in Florida, where I am, Disney World has been open since June. They have apparently zero outbreaks at Disney World. But still, you can't go to Disneyland in California because Gavin Newsom says so because Trump is evil. Here is Gavin Newsom. California today is launching now more formally a scientific safety review, a work group of 11 individuals, experts in their field. These are top health experts that will independently review any FDA approved vaccines. Don't worry. The question I often get is, are you going to take someone's word for it as it relates vaccines? Of course, we don't take anyone's word for it. We will do our own independently reviewed process with our world-class experts. The FDA is bad now because the devil got to the FDA, right? Donald Trump 
was in charge of the FDA. Therefore, the FDA is corrupt. Therefore, the FDA will put out flawed vaccine in order to harm Americans post-election when it doesn't matter to Trump's electoral prospects one iota. Makes perfect sense. The only way to make sense of this, again, it is a moral battle. By the way, all of this requires you to completely ignore actual good things happening on the ground. We are going to develop a vaccine. It will happen presumably by the end of the year, according to Pfizer. Not only that, two new peer-reviewed studies, according to NPR, are showing a sharp drop in mortality among hospitalized COVID-19 patients. The drop is seen in every group, including older patients and those with underlying conditions, suggesting that physicians are getting better at helping patients survive their illness. The study, which was of a single health system, finds that mortality has dropped among hospitalized patients by 18 percentage points since the pandemic began. That actually is understating the size of the drop. Why? Because it depends on proportionality. Patients in the study had a 25.6% chance of dying at the start of the pandemic. They now have a 7.6% chance of dying. Okay, so that is a reduction from nearly 26% to nearly 8%. So put that another way, that is about a 300% reduction in death rate in hospitals, right? Or put it a different way, it's about a 75 to 80% reduction in death rate in hospitals. That's pretty impressive, is it not? That's pretty incredible, is it not? That's good news that we should be celebrating. And maybe it should be an impetus for us to start opening things up again. Yes, being careful. Yes, socially distancing. Yes, mask wearing when we, when we can't stay away from other people. But instead, it's everything is wrong. Everything is bad. We're all going to die unless we get rid of Trump, in which case everything will be good again. Not only that, I mean, we can tell. I mean, the data are out there now that death tolls are up in, in non-vulnerable populations from a wide variety of other diseases thanks to lockdown. Excess deaths, for example, from all causes was up among adults aged 25 to 44, 26.5%. That is the the largest number of excess deaths by percentage. There are lots of excess deaths in in the elderly age range, but excess deaths generally means people who would not have died anyway. Elderly people are more apt to die from a wide variety of other causes. Excess deaths among young people are really up extremely dramatically, and a lot of that is deaths of despair. We are seeing highs in terms of deaths of despair. We are seeing that in, in Great Britain, for example, figures from the Office for National Statistics from March to September reveal that almost 1,000 deaths are being recorded every week, up 26,000 on the same period last year. Among the biggest killers are diabetes, up 86%, Parkinson's, 79%, prostate cancer, 53%, breast cancer, 47%, and bowel cancer, 46%. So there's excess deaths of despair in young people. And then among people who are older, there are a lot of people who are not going to the hospital when they should be. So what does the data tell us? It tells us that we shouldn't be locking down. We should instead be cautious and we should be open. And there's good news. Our hospitals are getting better at this. Instead, everything comes down to Trump in the United States. We ignore the fact that this virus is not relegated to the United States alone. And instead, it all becomes about if we get rid of Trump, then magically the sun will shine again. Perhaps the clearest example of this is how Democrats are treating schools. So the data are in. Schools are not unsafe. They are not unsafe. There's a piece in the Wall Street Journal today by David Henderson and Ryan Sullivan. Tens of millions of students started the school year completely online, including those in 13 of the 15 largest school districts in the United States. The primary reason is concern over safety for students and staff. But recent data are shifting the discussion on school safety and infection rates of COVID. They argue strongly for opening K-12 schools. Previous evidence has suggested schools are not super spreader. That research came from other countries or very specific cases in America like YMCA summer camps. While this suggested little impact on infection rates from opening the schools, it was possible that maybe schools would be different outcomes in the United States, but they're about the same. A group of researchers spearheaded by Brown University professor Emily Oster have created and made available the most comprehensive database on schools and COVID case rates for students and staff since the pandemic started. Her data, covering almost 2 
800,000 kids across 47 states from the last two weeks of September showed a COVID case rate of 0.13% among students and 0.24% among staff. That's a shockingly and wonderfully low number. number. By comparison, the overall U.S. case rate is 2.6%, an order of magnitude higher. Other research has shown hospitalization and fatality rates for school-aged children are also extremely low. People 19 and younger account for only 1.2% of COVID-19 hospitalizations in the United States during the peak of the pandemic. The CDC reported that of all COVID-19 deaths up to October 10th, only 74 were of children under age 15. During the 2019-2020 flu season, the the CDC estimates that 434 children under 18 died of the flu, but we don't shut down schools over the flu. How about teachers? Well, it turns out that various countries that never shut their schools say teachers have the same fatality rate as people in other professions. The cost of reopening the schools measured in hospitalizations and fatalities is low. Okay, it doesn't matter. Again, the pagan argument goes that so long as Trump is president, we cannot open the schools under any circumstances. It's Trump's fault the schools are closed and therefore if Trump goes away, we can talk about reopening the schools. Otherwise, the schools stay shut. Again, this is a pagan argument. You have now substituted politics for religion. And if you get rid of this evil, nefarious Trump, everything goes back to normal magically. The light shines once more. Okay, we'll get to more of this in just one second. First, I got to talk to you about a service that is absolutely going to blow you away. So right now, look on your phone, okay? On your phone, you have many, many pictures. Many of them are beautiful and wonderful. You'll look at them once, you show them to all your friends, but then you never actually put them anywhere, right? You don't print them out. You don't do anything with them. Why? Because it's a hassle. It's a pain in the butt. I'm going to give you the easiest and best and most beautiful way to display your favorite photos. It is super simple. I've done it myself. It is incredible. I'm talking right now about my friends at my photo. Right now, right now, find your favorite photo on your phone. Okay, and then email that photo to ben at myphoto.com. Again, that's ben at myphoto.com. You don't need to put in a subject line even. In seconds after you email it, my photo is going to send you back your photo already placed on all kinds of products. If you love what you see, you can buy right from the email. It's really cool. It's really easy. You can see exactly what you're buying and it's free to try. So give it a shot. Okay, I have a couple of acrylic photos from myphoto.com. They are beautiful. I mean, they just look spectacular. So much better than just printing out a photo and putting it in a frame. It's a giant pain in the butt to do that. Instead, Email your favorite photo right now. Use your phone. Email your favorite photo to ben at myphoto.com. You can see all the various options. These are photo products handmade of metal, wood glass, and more. You'll want one for yourself. You'll want to order one for your family members as a gift. It's never too early to shop for the holiday season. In fact, get it out of the way right now. By the way, I know the founders of myphoto.com. They are fantastic, fantastic, honorable, honest folks. I know them really well. And their, their service is an amazing service. Do it right now. It's crazy easy. It's crazy fast. Email it to ben at myphoto.com. You'll be able to get 25% off your order just because you did that, just because of moi. Once again, email that photo right now to ben at myphoto.com. In seconds, my photo will send you back that amazing email for you to see your picture on all of their products. And from that email, if you like what you see, you can buy any of their great photo products. And again, you get 25% off your order when you use that ben at myphoto.com. Just go there, pick your favorite pick, email it right now. It's free to see. There's no obligation. Email that photo today to ben at myphoto.com. Okay. We're going to get in a second to the cultic refusal to open up the schools until post-election. We'll get to that in just one second. First, you may have noticed this has been a completely insane year. Statues toppled, coupled with radical rioting, looting in American cities. It can feel at times like America is coming apart. Well, right now would be the perfect time to read my book, How to Destroy America in Three Easy Steps. The book is really a, a primer on America. It's not just about destroying America in three easy steps and how disintegrationists wish to do it. It really is about why America is worth holding together. It's about the philosophy, culture, and history of the United States. You want to give your kid an education 
in what's great about the United States. That's what this book is about. And it discusses why people are trying to tear it down and how they are trying to tear it down. Why they are looking at the philosophy of the United States, the philosophy of the, dec- of the Declaration, and trying to throw it out. Why they are looking at the culture of entrepreneurialism and adventure and tolerance of the United States, and they're trying to destroy it. Why they are trying to pretend that the history of the United States is an unmitigated role of evil, as opposed to what it really is, an incredible story of good triumphing over evil and over the evils of human nature progressively over time. Check out my book, How to Destroy America, in three easy steps. It is not just relevant for the election. It is relevant long past the election. It is the best inoculation against leftist claptrap, I think, if not ever written, then certainly on the market today. Go check it out right now, How to Destroy America, in three easy steps. Now, meanwhile, as with everything in 2020, there's been a lot of drama with the presidential debates, but we are ready for the second and final debate this Thursday. Join us at 8.45 p.m. Eastern, 5.45 p.m. Pacific for an all-new episode of Daily Wire Backstage. You can watch the debate with us. You can get our immediate live reaction to this major political event even better. Join Daily Wire right now as an insider or all-access member get 20% off with Code Debate. So you can watch all the debate coverage live on our Apple TV or Roku app. Members get our articles ad-free, access to all of our live broadcasts and show library, the full three hours of the Ben Shapiro Show exclusive Reader's Pass content, Available only to Daily Wire members. If you're considering an all-access membership, you get to join us on All Access Live every night for online and live stream discussions. You also get not one, but two leftist tiers tumblers with your membership, as well as early, sometimes exclusive access to new Daily Wire products. So become a member today. Watch the debate with us over at dailywire.com, YouTube, and Facebook. Get 20% off your Daily Wire membership with code DEBATE when you sign up today. You are listening to the largest, fastest-growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. Again, so the argument that, that Democrats keep making is that they cannot open the schools until after the election. If you look at, at Washington, D.C., they've openly announced that they are preparing to welcome up to 21,000 elementary school students back for in-person learning in November. Why not right now? Well, November, you know, like November is a better time, probably after the election. That'd be like a real good time to do it. According to the Washington, D.C.ist, the D.C.ist is on October 5th. So if it's good enough to open like in November, why isn't it good enough to open right now? You're losing a full month of education. It is hitting people who are low income the hardest. I mean, really, Zoom education sucks. Okay, I know. My kids have been doing it. Basically, it is homeschooling. You may as well homeschool. Teachers very often can't see the students. Very often, students just log in and then walk away from the computer. Many people aren't even logging in. The the truancy rates are incredible. And yet, we are told that months on end, another month of this won't hurt anything. It's totally fine. You know, another month of this is fine. Just get past the election. Why? Well, said Chancellor Louis Farabee, learning at home has been positive for many of our students because of the extraordinary work of our teachers. We also know at this time that learning at home is not working for every student. Under the first option considered by the Washington, D.C. school districts, about 7,000 students will attend in-person classes led by a teacher. Each school will offer one class for each grade beginning on November 9th. Oh, look at that. Right after the election. What a coincidence! Who could have predicted? And meanwhile, in L.A. County, Barbara Farrar, the L.A. County Department of Health public official, whose uh, degree is not in anything related to public health, uh, Barbara Farrar, she says, you know, um, why don't we re- reevaluate this whole schools being closed thing, you know, like after the election. That, that feels like a good time. So we uh, don't realistically anticipate that we would be moving to either tier two or to reopening uh, K-12 through schools, at least through... Uh, at least until after the election, after, you know, in early November. Like when we just look at the timing of everything, it seems to us a more realistic uh, approach to this would be to think that we're going to be where we are now until uh, we get after, until we, we are done with the elections. 
oh, well, you know, after the election is when you're going to... Now, what is the logic behind this? Again, the logic is that Trump is causing it. Trump is causing the lockdowns, even though he opposes lockdowns. Trump is causing the schools to be closed, even though he wants the schools open. They're not going to follow the science, not on vaccines, not on schooling. Trump, the evil Trump, he's out there prowling, prowling in the shadows, wearing a Jason mask. He's coming after you. You never know. Trump might be in your house right now. You just never know. And Joe Biden has said this openly. He said, if it weren't for Trump, schools would be open right now. Well, if you listen to Trump, schools would be open right now, you douche. Here is Joe, here is Joe Biden. But this year, we're facing the most difficult circumstances. And we're seeing an awful lot of heart and a lot of grit from our educators, our students, and uh, to try to rise to the occasion here. But our government hasn't come up to that bar. It hasn't shown much grit at all or determination. Let me be clear. If President Trump and his administration had done their jobs early on with this crisis, American schools would be open and they'd be open safely. Instead, American families all across this country are paying the price for his failures. It is Joe Biden who's been saying that if the science tells me to, I'll lock down. Right? Joe Biden at the DNC did the same thing. She had a whole speech from an elementary school classroom that was empty in which she's like the quiet. It's, it's such a heavy quiet. And then she made the overt religious appeal, right? She, it's quiet because of Donald Trump. But Joe, Joe will make us whole. Now, let me tell you something. If you believe this crap, you're a sucker. Okay, you're a sucker to believe it about Obama. If you're on the right and you believe that Trump is a cult leader, you're a sucker. Anybody who believes a political leader ought to be trusted with this kind of power or believes that this person will be the solution to all your problems, you are a sucker. And politicians know that you are a sucker. But there's a sucker born every single minute. At least you could be forgiven for thinking of Barack Obama, who's at least very well styled rhetorically and spoke in these lofty terms. At least you could be forgiven for treating him as some sort of quasi-messianic figure I guess from, from a political observa observ observational standpoint, treating Joe Biden as a messianic figure, are you out of your damn mind? He's a geriatric old corrupt senator. I mean, like, what, what are we even talking about? I mean, it's Boss Tweed. Wow, Mess Messiah Boss Tweed over here. Uh-huh. Okay, here is Joe Biden saying that the, the silence is heavy, but Joe will remove the silence again, that the light will begin to shine. In, in Hebrew, Bas Kol, the, 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 the voice of God will emerge from the clouds It'll be like Sinai, and it'll come down going, come on, man. Here is Joe Biden. This quiet is heavy. You can hear the anxiety that echoes down empty hallways. There's no scent of new notebooks or freshly waxed floors. I know that if we entrust this nation to Joe, he will do for your family what he did for ours. Bring us together and make us whole. Meanwhile, if you doubt any of the prevailing COVID narrative that is being put out by the media or by the Democrats, then this means that you are engaging in ultra crepidarianism, right? Which is a big word that just means operating outside your, your sphere of knowledge. Right? so Jake Tapper and Sanjay Gupta, Sanjay Gupta, by the way, is a neuroscientist who uh, misread Chris Cuomo's lung charts on air on CNN. He accuses Scott Atlas of engaging outside of his field of expertise, ignoring the fact that there are a lot of people who disagree with Anthony Fauci about particular policies, including, including Jay Bhattacharya from Stanford, who actually is an epidemiologist. There are lots of epidemiologists out there. They don't all agree with Anthony Fauci on everything there is to say. But again, the idea is that we have set up this coterie, this, this beautiful priesthood of the knowledgeable. And the knowledgeable are Democrats and people who Trump doesn't like, like Anthony Fauci. Here was uh, Sanjay Gupta and Jake Tapper accusing Scott Atlas, who is one of the White House advisors, of engaging in ultra-crepidarianism 
while meanwhile engaging in ultra-crepidarianism because neither Sanjay Gupta nor Jake Tapper are epidemiologists. Dr. Scott Atlas is a neuroradiologist. He is not an expert on infectious diseases. And this is what President Trump likes to do. He likes to get these people like oral surgeons who are not experts on infectious disease attest to uh, either how great he is uh, or how the pandemic should be uh, treated, how how the, the federal response should be. Dr. Scott Atlas might be a very smart guy, but what he is doing right now is reinforcing these beliefs. He tweets out masks. No, that tweet has to be taken down. Okay, so again, it is fun to watch as uh, as we say that Scott Atlas knows nothing, but Sanjay Gupta knows everything, which is an, an interesting take. Now, here is the beauty of, of living in this world. If Donald Trump is the devil, then that's the only way that you can get Joe Biden to be what you need him to be, if you want people to be enthusiastic about voting for him. Right? If you want people enthused about voting for Joe Biden, you somehow have to, have to transform this near 80-year-old, near-octogenarian, non-coherent, finger in the wind, corrupt politician, career-long corrupt politician who has sponged off the public dime since he was 30 years old. You have to treat that guy as a sort of light bringer, a bringing together dude, right? And that's a, that's a hard task. So the worse Trump is, the better Biden is by contrast. So while Joe Biden declares that the people who don't support him are not black, if they, if they are black and support Trump, they're not actually black. While Joe Biden declares that if you support Trump, then you're probably a racist. While Joe Biden declares and has his surrogates declare that all human life on earth is put in danger by Donald Trump's presidency, which means that if you support him, you are by nature, by, by simple logic, you are now supporting the end of all human life on earth and animal life and plant life, according to Elizabeth Warren. That guy is now portraying himself as Captain Unity. Because again, if you, if you give him power, everything not only goes back to normal, it's better than it ever was. The lion lies with the lamb. All of your swords are beat into plowshares. Jeffrey Tubin stops beating other things. Right, Everything just messianically fixes itself. And that is this new Joe Biden ad narrated by Sam Elliott. It's an ad that any Republican could have cut. Okay, but here is Joe Biden's closing pitch, which is, I am America. There is only one America. No Democratic rivers. No Republican mountains. Just this great land. And all that's possible on it with a fresh start. Cures we can find. Futures we can shape. Work to reward. Dignity to protect. There is so much we can do if we choose to take on problems and not each other. And choose a president who brings out our best. Joe Biden doesn't need everyone in this country to always agree. Just to agree, we all love this country. And go from there. I'm Joe Biden, and I approve this message. So that's the pitch. The pitch is Lightbringer Joe versus Devil Don, right? That is the pitch that the Democrats are making. If they have to twist facts in order to get there, they will. If they have to lie to you in order to get there, they will. And if they have to treat everybody who they dislike as an untouchable, they will. Which brings us to the way that media and social media and Hollywood are treating all of this and the whitewashing of Joe Biden. Okay, so let's start with Hollywood. Okay, yesterday, Chris Pratt began to trend. The actor, the, the guy from Guardians of the Galaxy, and uh, you remember he originally got his start in Parks and Recreation. He's really funny. He's a talented actor. He also happens to be a religious Christian. 
Okay, well, Chris Pratt is not an overt Joe Biden supporter. He's not said who he's supporting in the election. This is verboten. You are not allowed to do this. Chris Pratt, there was a, there was a little unofficial poll online. Okay, and what it was is just somebody tweeted out, which is the worst Chris? And it was like Chris Pine and, uh, and Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth. By the way, if you are going to rank the Chris's in terms of acting talent, it obviously goes Pine, Hemsworth, Pratt, Evans. Maybe Pine, Pratt, Hemsworth, Evans. Evans is clearly the worst. And though the worst Chris is clearly Evans. I mean, there's no doubt about this. He's the most bland, terrible act. I mean, Chris Evans is just not a good actor. Okay, but put aside my own antipathy for Captain America, who once said that he really dislikes me. I don't dislike him. I mean, he seems like a fairly nice guy, except for the fact that he uh, he castigates his political opposition as evil all the time. Aside from that, he seems like a fairly decent fellow. But in any case, this little poll goes around online. Which is the worst Chris? Who is the worst Chris? Chris Pratt is the is the clear trend. Why? Why is he the worst Chris? Well, he is the worst Chris because he is not siding with Joe Biden. He's a bad man because he, he didn't do an Avengers table read for Biden. So the Avengers stars reunited for a Joe Biden fundraiser because this is the way it works in Hollywood. In the last few days, we've had a happy days reunion for Biden in Wisconsin with Ron Howard and Henry Winkler. We had a Seinfeld reunion for Biden in Texas with Larry David, Julia Louise Dreyfus and, uh, and Jason Alexander. And we had an Avengers movie for Biden. Right? So Hollywood, it turns out, supports Joe Biden. So contrary to popular perception, Demi Lovato cutting an anti-Trump music video is not actually going to put her career in danger. Remember, she said when she cut her, her dumb music video, Commander-in-Chief, she, she was, she'll do this even if it, if it puts her career in danger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so Chris Pratt was dragged on Twitter for the great sin of not having attended this Avengers table read. And his co-stars came out, and like decent human beings, they were like, uh, actually, Chris Pratt's a nice guy. So Mark Ruffalo, who is a rabid Democrat, right? he tweeted out, you all, Chris Pratt is as solid a man as there is. I know him personally. Instead of casting aspersions, look at how he lives his life. He is just not overtly political as a rule. This is a distraction. Let's keep our eyes on the prize, friends. We are so close now. Robert Downey Jr. also shared an image of himself and Chris Pratt. He said, what a world. The sinless are casting stones at my brother, Chris Pratt. A real Christian who lives by principle has never demonstrated anything but positivity and gratitude. And he just married into a family that makes space for civil discourse and just plain facts, insists on, nas- on service as the highest value. If you take issue with Chris, I've got a novel idea. Delete your social media accounts, sit with your own defects of character, work on them, and then celebrate your humanness. Chris Pratt, I got your back. Okay, and James Gunn also came out in support of Chris Pratt. Now, here's the thing. Do you think any of those actors would come out in support of someone they didn't personally know? This is the way it works in leftist Hollywood. In leftist Hollywood, if you personally know an open conservative like John Voight or Adam Baldwin, then they are acceptable and decent people. If not, they are bad people and you should never hire them. So Chris Pratt getting dragged for the simple sin of not supporting Biden. He doesn't even support Trump. Right? He's never said a word about supporting Trump. He gets dragged anyway. Because when you set up the binary between you support Biden as a, as a cure to all of the problems and ills of the world, or you are a bad person, that binary holds. It also means that there is now an excuse for media and social media to cover for every bit of bad behavior. And this is why you saw a former Twitter executive yesterday saying that social media platforms should mute President Trump. I mean, why not? After all, Trump is Satan. You have to mute Trump. You can't let him get his message out because better that you should misuse your chair at the head of America's social media companies to prevent dissemination of information than to let a bad, evil, bad, very bad, orange, bad, no bad, terrible, bad man like Donald Trump tweet things. I mean, the hilarious thing about this is that Trump's tweets, if he loses the election, will probably have been a key reason why. But the social media heads don't want anything Trump says to penetrate. 
Here is a former Twitter executive saying social media platforms should mute Trump in the lead up to the election. According to a recent Harvard study, the leading progenitors uh, of false information come from the top. It's coming from Donald Trump and some of the leading conservative voices that echo him. We are in a unique and I believe a fraught moment in time with a president who is desperate and he's facing a very difficult situation. I think the time is to mute the president temporarily while the votes are being cast right now and until the winner is decided. Social media has decided that because Trump is the devil, it's time to violate every rule that social media was supposed to be about. Remember, social media was supposed to be about the open discussion and dissemination of ideas. So now what is Twitter doing? So Twitter decided in the run-up to the election, you are no longer allowed to just retweet things. Why aren't you allowed to just retweet things? Because what they are afraid of is that you are going to retweet a link from the New York Post or you will retweet a Trump tweet without comment and that it will rocket around the internet. And they're hoping that they will slow the virality of informational movement by forcing you to type in a couple of words. Well, it's not going to work. People will figure out workarounds. But they are making this perfectly obvious. Right? They, they, they've made this obvious. They said that it's about the election. They said that you're no longer just allowed to retweet things because then you might retweet what Trump is saying and it might rocket around the internet. You might retweet that New York Post story and people might find out about it. So now instead, you have to put your own spin or commentary on it in order to even tweet it out. Not only that, they are now, quote unquote, showing context on trends in Explore, is according to Twitter, quote, to make high quality information around the 2020 U.S. elections more accessible, we're adding context to trends and only displaying trends with added context in the For You tab. Oh, how, how interesting. So now trends are going to be contextualized by Twitter. So Twitter will explain to you how things work. Isn't that extraordinary? Now, Twitter, you're too stupid. You understand. So Twitter is going to have to explain to you why things are trending. And, and they will explain it to you, I'm sure, in the least biased possible way. I'm, I'm sure that's exactly what's going to happen. Meanwhile, we are supposed to completely ignore any serious questions about Joe Biden. So day after day, there are more kind of drips and draps about, about Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. So apparently, there is a new twist in the Hunter Biden saga. This is Andrew McCarthy who is revealing it. He says, it turns out that Hunter Biden brought an elite Chinese group to the White House to meet with Joe Biden. Quote, just imagine if something like this happened during the Trump administration. Ask yourself what the media Democrat complex would be saying. In November 2011, an elite group of Chinese Communist Party members and billionaire cronies of the repressive regime in Beijing secured a meeting in the White House, said to be with Vice President Biden and other Obama administration officials through Hunter Biden's associates. Oh, look at that. News of the meeting has been broken by Peter Schweitzer and Seamus Bruner. Schweitzer, who has spent years tracking Washington's web of money, influence, and access, is the author most recently of Secret Empires, which focuses on the Biden family, among other intriguing money trails on both sides of the political aisle. Schweitzer and Bruner have obtained the cooperation of Hunter Biden's former business partner, Bevan Cooney, who is serving a federal prison sentence for a fraud scheme. Another Hunter Biden business partner, Devin Archer, was also convicted. Hunter Biden was featured in the evidence but not charged. Cooney has given the investigative journalist access to his email account, which contains years of correspondence with Biden, Archer, and others. The authors have begun writing reports published at Breitbart. Schweitzer has also been interviewed about this on Hannity. Obviously, these are very pro-Trump venues. It is worth noting that solid reporting Schweitzer did on the Clinton Foundation was closely examined and relied upon by the New York Times. Based on Cooney's emails, the authors report that in November 2011, Hunter Biden's business associates arranged meetings at the Obama White House for a delegation of the China Entrepreneur Club, Established in 2006, the CEC is led by high officials of the Chinese Communist Party, some government officials, including diplomats, and billionaire business executives with close ties to the regime. This visit to the White House is said to have included a meeting with then-Vice President Biden. 
In discussions amongst themselves, Hunter Biden's associates reportedly made it clear they anticipated cashing in on business prospects that were expected to arise from providing the Chinese with, with high-level access to the Obama administration. According to the Schweitzer-Bruner report, the CEC had struck out trying to get meetings with top Obama officials until they contacted Hunter Biden's associates through an intermediary named Mohammed Khashoggi. On an October 19th, 2011 email in which he described the CEC visitors as China Inc., Khashoggi told Hunter's associate Gary Frears that helping the group could be a good opportunity for Patty to have potentially outstanding new clients. It is not clear to whom Patty refers. Khashoggi elaborated he understood people are hesitant, but he said a group like this does not come along every day. The CEC contingent was hoping for a tour of the White House and a meeting with a member of the chief of staff's office, as well as John Kerry, who, of course, was at the time chairing the Foreign Relations Committee in the Senate and later became Secretary of State. Devon Archer is, of course, his, his stepson, I believe. Khashoggi stressed to fears that the CEC's mandate was to let the United States know that the, the Chinese private sector is ready and willing to invest in America. So... They ended up setting up the meeting. Apparently, on November 11th, Archer sent Frears two emails in quick succession because he wanted to leave Hunter out of the second one. In the first, on which Hunter and Bevan Cooney were copied, Archer said that he had met with Khashoggi, it had gone well, and it seemed like there's a lot to do together down the line. Although Khashoggi did not appear to be a fit for the current potash private placement, Archer anticipated his, he's a good strategic relationship as the mind develops. Archer encouraged Fears and Cooney to meet with Khashoggi in Miami, he also explained Hunter had not been able to call Fears because Hunter is traveling in the UAE with royalty. One minute later, Archer sent a one-line email to Fears and Cooney omitting Hunter, in which he said, couldn't confirm this with Hunter on the line, but we got him, presumably Khashoggi, his meeting at the White House Monday for the Chinese folks. The White House meeting did occur Monday, November 14th. In an email, Cooney informed Fears that Archer got all the Chinese guys taken care of in D.C., the Chinese visitors got high-level access, including a personal meeting with Vice President Biden. According to the authors, it was an off-the-books meeting, not recorded in the official White House logs. So this is all a story that is completely independent of the emails developed by the New York Post. All of this eventually ends up fitting together, and apparently more reporting is on the way. Will Hunter Biden or Joe Biden be asked any questions about that? Of course not. Meanwhile, a new story from the New York Post shows that Joe Biden met with Hunter's alleged business partners in Kazakhstan. So that, that's exciting stuff. So apparently, Hunter was trading on Daddy's name, and Daddy full well knew about it. A new photograph has emerged of Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden posing with Hunter Biden and Kenneth Rakashev, a Kazakh oligarch who reportedly worked with the former Veep's scandal-scarred son. The snap, first published by a Kazakhstani anti-corruption website in 2019, follows last week's bombshell post-exposés detailing Hunter Biden's overseas business dealings and a report claiming that Rakashev paid the Biden scion as a go-between to broker U.S. investments. In the undated photo, the former VP can be seen smiling with Kazakhstan's former prime minister, Kasim Masimov, and his son, who is flanked by Rakashev. A Daily Mail report published Friday detailed Hunter Biden's alleged work with Rakashev, claiming he dined regularly with the Kazakh businessman and attempted to facilitate investment for his cash in New York, Washington, D.C., and a Nevada mining company. Rakashev, who enjoys close ties to Kazakhstan's kleptocratic former president, apparently ran into trouble when Western business partners realized that the opaque origins of his fortune could become a political liability. So once more, Joe Biden and Hunter Biden in close cahoots with, uh, with somebody who is dicey. And this is not a shock. I mean, going all the way back to 2008, Joe Biden helped the credit card industry win passage of a new law, making it harder for consumers to file, file for bankruptcy protection. Hunter, meanwhile, had a $500,000 consulting agreement with one of the largest companies pushing for the changes. 
So Hunter's been making bank off daddy's name for quite a while. Now, the unconnected dot, of course, is whether Joe Biden was picking up cash for any of this. There are emails that suggest maybe. There's an email from Hunter to his daughter saying, you know, at least I'm not holding half of your money the way that Pop does to me. And then there's another email saying 20% of a Chinese venture held for Hunter and 10% held for the big guy. Fox News sources say the big guy would be Joe Biden. So is money flowing through to Joe Biden? We have literally no idea because the media refused to ask about it. Because again, when it comes to whether or not they, like the media have decided they would rather not report what is clearly a developing story and get Joe Biden elected than report the developing story if it even created the slightest doubt about Joe Biden's election. This is how you end up with Senator Chris Murphy on national television saying this is all probably Russian propaganda. At some point, you, you sort of have to believe what you see, which is that when individuals who are either identified Russian agents or are conspiring with Russian agents are providing the information upon which mainstream media are reporting, um, you have to understand what the, what, the, what the deal is here. And again, I'm not alone here. 50 high-level intelligence agents, people who have worked in the intelligence agencies, came out and said um, that this is most likely Russian propaganda. Okay, there's no evidence it's Russian propaganda. The DNI has overtly said it's not Russian propaganda. I'm not seeing Chris Murphy being fact-checked with a Chiron on CNN. Eli Stokels of MSNBC suggested that the New York Post story has been, quote-unquote, widely disavowed. It has not been widely disavowed. There's literally not one aspect of the New York Post story that has been debunked yet. The Biden campaign refuses to say the emails are inauthentic or even to explain the emails. This has not been debunked. There's just a lie here from Eli Stokels. It's largely that no one can tell him to stop and also that he thinks this is a winner. And he's just looking to repeat exactly what he did in 2016, trying to recreate the October surprise instead of Comey uh, and the letter. He's hoping to get some traction about the New York Post story that's been widely disavowed. Um, and and is very dubious, and he's trying to do that. To defend the cult leader, you must ignore everything bad about the cult leader or any possible bad thing about the cult leader. If you've turned politics into a cult, it justifies nearly anything, nearly anything, which is why you see the Associated Press today reporting on behalf of Antifa members. Quote, AP finds most arrested in protests aren't leftist radicals. Well, then who are they exactly? So what they say is they don't have a history of leftist radicalism before they started burning cop cars. I mean, really, this is what they say. It's hilarious. They say, not to say there hasn't been violence. Police cars have been set on fire. Officers have been injured and blinded. Windows have been smashed. Stores looted. Businesses destroyed. Of more than 300 arrested, there are about 286 defendants. Others had charges dropped. Some live in cities like Portland and Seattle, where local prosecutors declined to bring protest-related charges. Some of those facing charges undoubtedly share far-left and anti-government views. So, I, so aren't they leftist radicals? But they say many have had no previous run-ins with the law and no apparent ties to Antifa. Well, you don't have to have like official ties with Antifa to be in the middle of an Antifa violent riot. My favorite thing in this article is that they say these people were just misguided. They're just misguided. First of all, I'd like to point something out. If you want to talk about, there's a racial narrative about criminal justice, which is that if you are a suburban white person, you get a different standard of criminal justice than if you're an inner city black person. The AP here is openly stumping for it in order to defend Antifa. Right? They're, they're now saying that if you go and burn a cop car, but you're a white person from a suburban area, you should be treated differently than if you're a black person in the inner city and you burn a cop car. That's basically what they're saying right here in this Associated Press piece. But everyone on the left will simply ignore that because it is inconvenient to their narrative. I love this. They, they actually say in the article that people just let their passions get the best of them. I, I, really, this is a thing that they say in the article. They say, you know, sometimes people just like, 
randomly go off. They randomly go off. They just, they, they, they go a little bit too far. Now, I know that when I go a little bit too far, that's what I do. I grab a laser pointer and then I blind a federal officer. That's, that's what I do when people go a little bit too far. Uh, that, that's, just, that's just how I roll. I, I get a little bit too passionate and I immediately set a cop car on fire. This is literally what they say, quote, an AP review found most of those arrested in U.S. protests look like regular citizens caught up in the moment. Many are young suburban adults. Oh, so they're white and suburban, so we treat them differently, I guess. Regular citizens caught up in the moment. I, I can't, you know, every time I get caught up in a moment, like I'm just at a, a baseball game and I'm caught up in the moment, or I'm at a religious ceremony. It's like the end of Yom Kippur. I get caught up in a moment. First thing I do, I grab a crowbar and I just try to beat the living hell out of a cop. I know about you. That's what I do. Caught up in the moment, man. At my wedding, I was real caught up in the moment, pretty excited about that thing. I grabbed a can of petrol and I set somebody on fire. It was good times. It, like To justify this election outcome, the media, social media, they're willing to do anything, anything. They're willing to defend any action. It's incredible. Okay, well, here's the thing. There could be a backlash to this. Maybe it won't come on November 4th. Maybe it won't come the day after the election. Maybe, maybe the backlash won't be the election itself. Maybe that backlash is going to continue to brew. And when it comes, it could be a lot more sweeping than anything that we saw in 2016. Because Democrats are just putting a lid on it. Meanwhile, stoking the flames underneath. Meanwhile, declaring that half of Americans who disagree with them are, are deplorable, evil people who, uh, who support the end of all life on Earth, according to Elizabeth Warren. All righty, we'll be back here later today with two additional hours of content. Otherwise, we'll see you here tomorrow. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Moles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Colton Haas. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producers are Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Assistant director, Pava Wydowski. Our associate producer is Nick Sheehan. The show is edited by Adam Saievitz. Audio mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Nika Geneva. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. Hey everyone, it's Andrew Claven, host of The Andrew Claven Show. The great derangement is upon us. The media has gone absolutely insane in its hysterical attacks on Donald Trump and its desperate attempts to silence the Joe Biden scandal. We'll take a look at all that. Plus, we've got the mailbag, so all your problems will be solved on The Andrew Claven Show. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So 
I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving.